0: Welcome to Sports Scouts, I'm Joey Goodsir I'm Michael Rupp And we are recording this, our fourth episode, on Thursday, March 14th Uh, Fortunately for us, we're not on the camera this week uh, But the reason why is because the TEDx event happened yesterday here at LFHS So the cameras uh, captured all the action down there at the DMT Um, Don't worry, this episode will still appear on YouTube But um, it will not be a video version And we'll have more video versions coming out in the future more consistently So look forward to that Today we will talk NFL free agency, the college admissions scandal, Russell Westbrook, and we will also sit down with Connor Clark to preview the college basketball conference tournaments and so much more. This is a crazy, crazy week of sports news. But first, Michael will give you some scout scores.
1: Yeah, so a quick look back to winter sports and a shout out to the boys swimming. A few swimmers have moved on into the top 10. ...of all time in school swimming records, uh, which includes Luke Lanigan, ninth in the 200 freestyle, Collins Kingsley, 10th in the 200 free, and ninth in the 500 free, and Oliver Akintade, 4th in the 100 breaststroke. And also, John Torzian and Carlos Minetti have been named NICSA Academic All-Americans. The team has been awarded the IHSA Academic Team Award, as well as being named an NISCA All-America Academic Team. So things are finally warming up for spring sports, too. The boys' varsity track and field competed in an Invitational at Playful South and North Saturday and will be at UW-Whitewater this coming Saturday at 7 o'clock. Um, and the girls' varsity JV track and field competed at Glenbart North last Friday. And the girls' varsity team will be taking on Bradford at Carthage College at 1 o'clock. They will also be heading to Whitewater this coming Saturday morning. And the girls' batman and played Barrington yesterday afternoon they will be up against Waukegan this afternoon in the Fieldhouse. And the boys' water polo played Deerfield at home Monday evening, and they will be playing Hersey this, this evening at the LFHS Aquatic Center. And girls' water polo played Maine West last night, and they are up against Niles West at home this coming Wednesday, which happens to be a very busy day for Scouts Athletics. And a couple more, girls' varsity soccer played St. Saint, Saint v- Viator Tuesday afternoon at Varsity Field. They are at Carmel tonight, and boys varsity lacrosse is starting up with an Invitational at New Trier this Saturday starting at noon. And finally, girls lacrosse, baseball, and softball are just around the corner, and their game's scheduled on the calendar for them next week. So definitely a lot to look forward to for for Scout Spring Sports. And most importantly, though, I can't go without saying, um, the LFHS ELS basketball team defeated New Trier 42-32 on Friday in a very exciting and well-attended contest. The Undefeated team will hit the road for an away game this Friday. So definitely, that's a great event—the ELS basketball game—and always. Yeah, a fun. It, was,
0: it was great. It was a great year this year for it. Um, and then also to update on uh, water on girls' water polo, they um, lost to Maine West last night, eleven to five. So there's a score there. Okay. Um, so yeah, thanks, Michael. That was Scout scores. And as always, if you want more on the latest in LFHS sports, check out the latest articles on the Forest Scout. Uh, John Trozi and Danny Fisher have an awesome boys' baseball season preview. Haley Swisher has a recap of the ELS game. It's all on the4scout.com. Take a look. Um, If you didn't hear the sport you wanted to hear or we screwed up somehow or um, we didn't list a score that you have, make sure to send in the scores and informative news to sportsscoutspodcast.gmail.com in the future so Michael can give it a shout-out. So let's move on to national sports with Show Me What you Got. We'll start, as always, um, with my headline today. And um, the first thing I'd like to open with um, is kind of an update on last week, as I'm kind of going to step back from drawing huge conclusions on the Hawks season this year. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have um, been on kind of a positive swing lately and have moved out of um, depressing, kind of turning away from being wild card, uh, potential wild card teams. And they are number five um, right now in the standings, um, in the wildcard standings, and they are only a few points out of the race right now. They're only uh, four points back um, from the Arizona Coyotes, which are the second uh, Western Conference wildcard team. So it's become a race all of a sudden again. They had a crazy, awesome performance against the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. And, you know, we're we're just going to have to see what happens. As we talked about on the show and we analyzed more deeply a couple episodes back... This is not like your normal good Hawks team where they're consistently good. This is a team that's going to be pretty pretty crazy back and forth and unpredictable. So I guess that's kind of what's fun about this season. So we'll have to see how this regular season closes out, and hopefully maybe we'll start being able to talk um, playoffs in the next couple months.
1: How many games or how many points back are they from?
0: They are four back from the war Four World back, defense, you said. Okay. Yeah. So now, they're, now, now it's in the conversation again. So yes, yeah, so they've been in the, and out,
1: in and out. So hopefully yeah, they can. So the Coyotes –
0: uh, Wild and Avalanche have to keep losing and allow them to keep moving up. Uh, right. As well as, you know, they obviously have to take care of their own business. But yeah, so that's my headline today.
1: Yeah, so mine is um, we saw yesterday with the Chicago White Sox announcing that Eloy Jimenez, one of the game's top prospects. Of course, he was in the Jose Quintana trade when the Cubs trade, or when the White Sox traded him to the Cubs for, for Eloy and other prospects uh, like pitcher Dylan Seas, um, uh the former Cubs Cubs pitcher uh who's one of the top now in the game and in the White Sox system but what I want to talk about was I just been we we've seen that so they the White Sox called Eloy down the triple A just because they didn't do this because he wasn't ready for the show or anything they did this so they can gain an extra year of control of the player so by not starting um that service time clock this prevents Eloy from from a loss of money actually so cuz his years he'll be a year older than once he can hit free agency so I just there, this has been a problem. We saw this with Chris Bryant back in 2015 when he hit nine home runs, hit over 400 in spring training, but the Cubs still had to call him down for a couple of weeks before before they called him up. I believe it was like April 17th or whatever the day was. But they do this because if they have a, a player needs 172 days um, in a season of what is called service time, but if they have 171, this doesn't count for a full season. So they can manipulate th- these rules, so they can get an extra year of control of the player, um, and they don't have to start his his major league clock yet, which is kind of, which is kind of garbage. I think like they need they this has been a problem for quite a while, and it's just kind of like the uh, NFL franchise tag, where where teams now can um, prevent other teams from from bidding on on their own players, and this is kind of system needs to be reworked um like now um in the next collective bargaining agreement once it expires in the major league baseball between the MLB, mlb mlb uh players association and um ownership and executives so this is good this is a big a big issue that's been around for quite a while and there's been a lot of discontent towards it and it's going to be need to i'm sure it will be addressed but it's just kind of it just kind of hurts to see that one of the games some of the games brightest stars are going to be in the minor leagues for a couple of weeks when they should be up
0: on the team and yeah, uh, for sure in
1: opening on opening day so
0: yeah um yeah i mean i i definitely agree with that there's definitely you know just in general some um mlb issues that need to be reworked when it comes to the next collective bargaining agreement right. once that once that comes up but um there's some things that need to be tweaked just a little but bit but
1: we ready i saw last night though that they did already decide that There's gonna the MLBPA and um, the ownership decided that they are gonna have like a three batter uh, limit for relievers. So that is probably that's I'm glad to to hear about that. I think we talked about that last week. To have that limit in there, which is good because you just can't have a reliever come in, face a batter and have him leave. So that'll be that's a good addition, and I'm I'm happy to see that.
0: Yeah, that's 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 kind of nice for sure. So that is uh, show me what you've got. Now it's time to move on to our news, and as I said, it's a big day of news. Um, So, here we go. Uh, Our first story, uh, Michael, as you know, um, the NFL free agency fireworks kind of period has begun, and most likely the biggest headline thus far is the Cleveland Browns acquiring wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., sending the 17th overall and the second third round picks in the 2019 NFL Draft, as well as safety Jabril Peppers to the New York Giants. So, uh, Michael, what's your reaction to such a groundbreaking trade here?
1: I'm gonna write an article on this um, coming up about the NFL free agency, the recap, and uh, the whole recap of everything that happened. But definitely, this this trade here, I don't understand this one bit for at at all for the um, for for the New York Giants um, because Odell is one of the game's biggest stars. Um, being in New York, he's so much attention is drawn to him all the time, and he's rightfully so due to how how well he's played for the Giants on the years he's been there. But to say that it's an absolute steal for the Browns that they can get a player the, who's 26 years old, right in his right in his prime, Odell Beckham, um, just for a first round pick and a third round pick that they have two third rounds too, and they can just give away a third round and they give away Jabril Peppers, I would. If, if, if I was a team that was in that position, I'd be calling the phone right away. So I would say, how can I get this deal done? And that's what just what the Browns did and they will not be disappointed at all to give up one first round pick to get a player like Odell Beckham Jr. And I don't understand what the Giants are doing at all. You can get you, having the sixth overall pick this year's draft, you could take you probably could have got like a Dwayne Haskins or, or a quarterback, whoever to two third quarterback on the board. Um, to pair up with a Saquon Barkley at running back who you took the last year and Odell Beckham and a Sterling Shepard on the other side, they have a lot of talent on this offense already. Of course, the line's a problem for them. It's been a problem, but they're going to address that, and they already have a little bit. But I just I don't understand it at all, and I don't think that you can t- get anything in return for kind of caliber like Odell Beckham Jr.
0: Yeah, for sure. If I'm a Browns fan, I'd be super excited right now. Um, it it's it's a great trade that they just that they just picked up. Steel. <laughs> Huge steal, um, and also, you know, being a Michigan fan, I'm happy that Gabriel Peppers can get out of the state of Ohio, um, and hopefully, you know, being on the Giants, he has more um, of an opportunity to be as explosive. As I remember him being a couple years back in college.
1: Yeah, he's really improved too since his rookie year.
0: Yeah, for sure. He's 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 he made his mark talented. known. But yeah. now once it once he gets once he gets out of Cleveland here, it'll be it'll be really cool to see what happens. So yeah, moving on to our next story. Yeah,
1: it's another big story coming out of the NBA this week as Russell Westbrook once again had interaction with fans at a Utah Jazz game. So comments made by a fan at the at the arena in Salt Lake City um, crossed a line for Westbrook, and he stood unafraid to defend himself, the fan was banned from the arena events including jazz games for life. And Russell Westbrook was fined $25,000 which is being paid right now in fan donations to the Human Human Rights Campaign Foundation. So Joey, what do you make of all this?
0: Yeah, so this is a kind of a crazy story. So there's there's multiple sides to this whole thing. And, you know, basically the Russell Westbrook side of things was this fan stepped over a line, um, especially most especially he stepped over a racial line. And, um, the fan said that he didn't do that. And that, you know, it was just usual trash talking in it. And, you know, it led to that reaction, which was seen on camera. The problem is of course, only the reaction was really caught on camera of Russell Westbrook, where he kind of stood and defended himself verbally. But, you know, I, I think that, it's, you know, things have been said in the past to build up this reputation that we legitimately know have stepped over the line every once in a while. So there's, there's definitely a need for improvement, especially in Utah, and improvement in fan-player interaction. Um, and knowing when, um, you know, trash-talking, having an intimate environment, which is really cool. In, in Utah, they have such a small, you know, old arena where that happens. But, you know, this this specific situation is murky, too. So there's that does need to be considered. So in the future here, I think the thing that should be the priority fans should be able to, you know, hold each other accountable for future situations. And, you know, the NBA better be fair about this. And, you know, I think so far they've handled it pretty properly. Um, And, you know, I just I hope that when when they defend players in this situation which they needed to this was a situation where they needed to defend Russell Westbrook i just hope that this doesn't give them grounds for in the future to kind of overstep their authority toward fans where all of a sudden there's going to be this thing where trash talking of the normal variety rather than the variety that we saw against Russell Westbrook will be frowned upon and players will just be upset you know yeah. vocally about all that so you know there's yeah, there's a whole thing about James Dolan the you know uh, owner of the Knicks Who was walking out of a game and some guy? This this happened this week. Some guy, you know, like yelled, basically yelled, sell the team at him. Which, if you know anything about the New York Knicks, it makes a lot of sense. But basically, basically his response was like, okay, like he's he's like, you know, you want me to sell the team? He's like, that's just my opinion. The response was like, oh, this is not your opinion. And James Dolan basically had security detain this guy. So like, and he can't get back in the arena ever again. Right. So it's like, there's, ridiculous. there's, there's, there's these situations like this. So I just hope that this serious situation with Russell Westbrook is taken into account. We move forward, and um, things get better. Just, but just a bad look. Th- yeah. Yeah. But the NBA just doesn't doesn't go too far here, and you know basically allow for um, fan interaction that makes sports so um, enjoy enjoyable from the fan perspective. Go away. So, yeah, that's, that, those are all my thoughts on that situation. So um, this is a crazy week in sports and in news, obviously, um, and one of those reasons is the absolute bombshell of a college admissions scandal dominating the news this week, um, and this is the biggest cheating scandal ever in the United States. Um, there are 50 people involved and many, many more potentially in a scheme to cheat on standardized tests and bribe college coaches and school officials, either one of the two. Um, and with the strategy of fake athletic credentials, um, the story really permeates the sports world, especially that of college coaches. Lots of college coaches are involved. We're probably going to find out about more in the future. So, Michael, how much do you think this changes college sports, and how deep do you think this case ends up going?
1: Well, uh, we've heard right now some big names, such as um, like Full House star Lori Laughlin, who definitely people once they heard like names like hers, and there's definitely a lot of other big names, and there's apparently more to come. Once you hear like names like those, there's definitely going to be a lot of media attention, and rightfully so, due to how big of a bombshell this was this report and it's very extensive and there's a lot more um to it but to relate this to college sports I mean it just shows you know it's, it's it's really sad to be honest that you have kids that I mean it just puts a bad light for for just any college kid I think that is trying to get an education they work hard in high school then you have people that are um much wealthier I guess and and, and, a, and, a, and they put them in a different um just in a, in a different category, um, and they can get into schools where that they, sh- that they shouldn't be getting into, but money just can buy them in. And that's just damaging to college sports, too, that these coaches are taking bribes from, from these wealthy parents to have their son or daughter come to the school and just kind of, um, it's just these payments are just ridiculous that these kids can go there and they're put under like, it's just a fake athletic credentials which is which makes no sense that they that the coaches would even think to allow that and are bribe to do this to get just some wealthy son or daughter of a parent to go to some some top tier university in the country and it's just it's sad cuz these college um these college um coaches are now going to be some of these really good college coaches that are not involved in this are just going to be really under the under um very scrutinized now and under and under um, a lot of scrutiny um in the coming days and it's just kind of sad that they sh- they should they shouldn't have to be and they are now and it's just cuz of these, some of these coaches that are not living up to um the kind of the kind of character that they are expected to be at at a university.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um definitely agree on all that. We'll see how that how that turns out um in the future here cuz it seems to only be getting um bigger and bigger as far as the story goes. So Yeah, that's our news. It's time for this week's Let's Sit Down segment. Um, This week, as we said, we sat down with Connor Clark uh, where we um, talked to college basketball conference tournaments. We previewed that. That's kind of the biggest uh, preview story this week. Um, And it was recorded on Tuesday, um, so this is being recorded on Thursday. So there's kind of a time difference there, but we hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to our Connor Clark edition of our Let's Sit Down interview uh, segment here of our show. Um, And this week, obviously, the main focus is uh, the college basketball conference tournaments um, rolling into selection Sunday. And then, of course, March Madness coming up next week and, you know, going all the way through spring break as always. But, you know, it's really coming down to that time of year. So um, here's kind of what's going on right now. So um, as far as Conference tournament champions that are already crowned right now. we got Liberty out of the the Atlantic Sun, Gardner-Webb out of the Big South, Iona out of the Metro Atlantic Atlantic Conference, the MAAC, Bradley out of the Missouri Valley, Murray State out of the Ohio Valley Conference, and Wofford out of the Southern Conference. Um, And then this week, the um, championship games are kind of going on during the week, um, most notably Gonzaga and St. Mary's at the West Coast Conference uh, Championship, uh, North Dakota State uh, and Nebraska Omaha at the Summit League, St. Francis, Fairley Dickinson at the Northeast Conference. Uh, Wright State, North Kentucky at the Horizon League. Um, Hofstra Northeastern at the uh, Colonial Athletic Association, that conference out in the east. Uh, Colgate and Bucknell in the Patriot League. And then through this weekend, um, outside of the conferences we'll be covering today, we have the WAC, the SWAC, the Sunbelt, the Southland, Mountain West, MEAC, MAC, M-A-C uh, um Conference USA, USA, Big West, AAC, America East Atlantic 10. Um, but yeah, lot lots of basketball obviously going on this week. Um, really kind of setting up the um, automatic kind of 32 teams going in to the 68 team field. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're here today and our guest is, uh, as I said earlier, Connor Clark. So thank you for joining us, Z-Boy.
2: Thank you for having me. Yeah. Number two.
0: Yeah. So... Um, so Connor, he actually wrote. He actually wrote the um, conference championship uh, tournament preview on the Forest Scout, and he covered um, a variety of and the majority of the con- uh, the conferences that we're gonna uh, cover today. So just kind of looking through those, and so we're gonna kind of really hit on all the um, on all the football Power Five conferences, in addition to the Big East. Obviously, they're they're a big basketball conference, so we'll go through all of those. But yeah, so. I guess we'll just kind of get started here with the uh Pac-12. So, um <laughs> Michael, you're here on the show too. <laughs> so, um yeah, we got to make sure to get Connor
1: in yeah. the discussion the other day cuz a lot of big news though in throughout the sports, but definitely we got to talk college basketball in this in this segment for sure.
0: Yeah, this is it's a big week for it. So, yeah. Um we're starting so we're starting here in the Pac-12 um first round here. Mm-hmm. Um here, we're recording this on Tuesday just for reference. The first round's going to be Tomorrow for yeah. a lot of these tournaments, the t- and then rolling into Sunday. Yeah, so the ACC starting today, though. Yeah, the ACC is starting today. There's there's some yeah the there's there's a little bit of a variety of formats, but um yeah lots of lots well, of them way, are either starting yeah. tomorrow or or today.
1: Yeah, so either way, the championships either Saturday or Sunday for yeah. these big schools. So and of course selection Sunday yep. later
0: in the afternoon. Sunday, so it'll be yeah, very, as always. A lot the time, Yeah, waiting for waiting for someone to leak the bracket on Sunday, as always. But yeah. But who do you guys um,
1: think – I guess we start with Connor. Who do you think is the team to watch in the Pac-12? Because they really haven't had the, the season that they've hoped for Yeah, for sure. the Pac-12. Yeah, the
2: Pac-12 certainly has been down throughout the entire season. Um, everybody's going to pick Washington as the favorite, and understandably so. They're 24-7, and 7, but I'm going to go with Arizona State. That's what I picked on my article as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking
1: too. Yeah, that's what I was I
2: thinking. I think they just have the best chance. They may not be in first, but – you know, we saw them beat Kansas early in the season when they were ranked number one at home. They got some quality players, and I, re- I really like their coach Bob Hurley. I, I really I really like their coach. So I think they do have the talent and the uh, smarts to get all the way to that final and get an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Considering the kind of the field that they're coming out of on that side of the bracket, they're in the num- they're the number two spot in the in the Pac-12 tournament this week. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, not in not a huge fan of Bobby Hurley as a player, but he's been a pretty <laughs> successful coach. Um, and, um, you know, he's made his presence in March. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Arizona State come out, out of the Pac-12.
1: Yeah, but probably the Pac-12 play is – they have three teams right now. Of course, they're going to hit the auto bid. Whoever wins the Pac-12, but then there's two other uh, bubble teams, Arizona State and then, of course, Washington, the one seed. So it'll be interesting to see if a Arizona State or a – uh, yeah, if an Arizona State or like even Utah, if they could pull it out, that would that would be good for the Pac-12, I think, too, because Washington is probably already in the tournament, so get another team, another bubble team, an auto bid, get them in the tournament. So that would be good for, for the conference if they could possibly get two teams instead of just the one, which would be Washington if they were to win.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, so moving into the next uh, conference tournament here, we got the SEC tournament, um, and that one – We'll also start uh, tomorrow, and that'll move into Sunday as opposed to Saturday, which is when the Pac-12 tournament ends. Um, yeah, so Connor, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: Uh, I think this one should be really good. Uh, I think the SEC is more known for football conference, obviously, but I think they're turning into more of a basketball conference now because uh, you got teams like LSU, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, and then you got teams like Mississippi State who are good but they're not ranked. Like they have more than twenty wins and. It's just an all-around competitive conference. Uh, I'm going to have to pick the, and it pains me to say this, but the Kentucky Wildcats. um, I think they're just, Calipari is just, he's always been, he's been there and done that. It's kind of like Bill Belichick almost in the SEC. Yeah, He's been there, done that. He knows how to get there, and obviously they're going to make the tournament regardless, but to have a SEC championship under their belt because they didn't win it in the regular season, which is kind of abnormal, uh, they're definitely going to be hunting for that uh, postseason sec championship
0: yeah for sure i mean you know the sec the sec has had its basketball presence mainly through kentucky historically and i think that it's an exciting year for the sec in the respect that it's starting to round out more as a basketball conference and we have more competition here i mean um i would i would i would definitely understand the pick for um kentucky and, you know, I, I think that that's that that's most likely. But I think that, you know, we have a really, really dangerous like there's a bunch of great teams here and we have a really dangerous LSU team coming into the SEC at number one. I think that um, they they might not come out of this week, but in the future here in the in the NCAA tournament, depending on where they where they are. I mean, definitely look out for them because they're going to be a dangerous, unexpected team, at least in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of an exciting year of the SEC to see some of these teams step into the conversation.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting to see, too, how Will Wade has built up the LSU program. But, of course, he's suspended now, uh, which, of course, if people don't know, is he, he was found um, guilt, possibly guilty of, of uh, paying. He's in that uh in that investigation with other, a lot of other college coaches of paying uh, recruits to get him to come to their school. And, of course, this is a, a big story coming now, Especially how he's built up this LSU program to be number one in the SEC this season, so this will be definitely a big storyline to see if that's a distraction towards his players and the whole and the whole basketball program. But definitely a lot of talent on that team, and they'll, they can compete with anyone in this in this conference.
0: Sounds good. All right, let's keep rolling into the uh, Big Twelve here um, in an interesting tournament that's really um, setting up after. Uh, the long-time regular-season uh, championship win streak for uh, Kansas came to an end at 14 this year. They're the three spot coming into this tournament for the first for the first time in a very long time. Um, so it's kind of an interesting year for the Big 12. Um, but yeah, so Connor, go ahead. Yeah, this
2: this tournament's really interesting. Looking at the bracket here, because you got Kansas—they're a three seed this year. They're not 14-year uh, streak of winning has come to an end of the regular season championship. So this is going to be a really, really good tournament, I think, because you got Kansas State at number one. Texas Tech, who's always a really good team, at number two. And then Kansas has got a tough opening round game against Texas as well because Texas, I feel like, is a little bit slept on because they had a nice win over North Carolina earlier in the season. Uh, they've kind of fallen off since then, but they're still fighting for their lives. Um, and they got Baylor and Iowa State. So this is a really, really tough pick. Um, but I'm going to have to go with the Texas Tech uh, Red Raiders, I believe, is their mascot. Yes, um, is. <laughs> is. You're correct. Okay. Yeah. Just, just wanted to make sure. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Texas Tech on this one. I think they just have the talent. Uh, Kansas is a little bit of a down year. They're still in the top 25, but it's not the Kansas we're used to seeing. Uh, Kansas State's kind of new to the spotlight, obviously, because of the 14-year streak. Kansas has been going on with the regular season championship. Um, so I'm going to go with Texas Tech here. I just think they have a really solid program, and I think they can get it done.
1: Yeah. Also, I wanted to chime in about Kansas State too. Of course, they're the one seed this year, and Bruce Weber, their head coach, has done a phenomenal job to get this program. After losing their first two co- games in conference play against Texas and Texas Tech, they've won 14 out of 16 uh, of their last Big 12 games. So they they def- they're definitely riding a uh, a major hot streak going in going into this tournament and. Um, they're definitely a team to be reckoned with being in the one seed, but the only problem is they might be losing one of their better players, Dean Wade, um, and he's questionable with discomfort in his foot for um, the whole tournament, and he missed last year's tournament too, I believe, uh, with the same kind con- Or – I'm not sure if it was the same injury or not, but I know he was, he was injured during the Big 12 uh, tournament last year. So definitely he'll be a big loss if he doesn't suit up, but either way they, they have the talent to still knock off a, a Texas Tech or a Texas –
0: yeah, I mean if you're if you're looking into this um and if you're looking into this week as far as just by itself, you know, kind of everything aside, if you want to look for the most exciting conference tournament, this might be it considering all the 1 and 1 results we've seen from the series between all these teams this year in the Big 12. So, um
1: yeah, like 1 through 5, if anyone's got a chance. It looks real, like even like
0: I was state's number 5 and they've been
1: Ranked in like in the top yeah, fifteen this year. So they've been able to they've been able to teams. make
0: their mark and nationally. And so yeah, it it'll be I, I think it'll probably be the most interesting tournament to watch from that perspective for yeah. sure. So moving into the Big East, um obviously um Villanova coming out um number one in the conference again this year, um, after winning a national championship last year and they're, you know, going into March to defend their championship this year. Yep. So, um, Connor, what are your thoughts on the Big East?
2: This tournament is wide open. One through ten, anybody has a chance to win this game. Even DePaul, <laughs> even DePaul, <laughs> even DePaul at number ten. Even, yeah. yeah. Um, I picked Saint John's to win this one. Uh, because here, th- my two main reasons are they're much improved from last year. Shamori Ponds has been very good this season, and um, they're at MSG, which is basically their their home stadium. So. I've watched some St. John's Red Storm games there over uh, the past year, and when they're playing good, I mean, that place gets really, really crowded with a bunch of St. John fans. So I think it'll be a really tough place for uh, opposing teams to play. Obviously, it's a Big East tournament, so it won't be as one-sided, but I think St. John's is a really legitimate chance to win this tournament and uh, make it back to March.
1: I am not as bold. <laughs> St. John's, they could very well... And uh, Marquette's had trouble this last month too, and they would be facing up against them in the quarterfinal game. Um, as yeah, it might be nice Tucci. timing for them for sure. Yeah, because Marquette's really been slipping as of late. But I think, I think I don't know. I've been kind of torn on who to really pick in this one. St. John's, who knows? They they could end up keep going all the way up to the semifinals or the finals. But I'm still gonna take Villanova just because where they've been, their coaching staff. They have a lot of con- They still have some players from last year's um, championship team. And they're they're just a really well-rounded team, uh, with a great coach who's won now two national championships at Villanova, and it just seems like with Marquette, the way I was gonna pick Marquette if they would have won, just to Georgetown on Sunday, but or Saturday, but the way they've been slipping as of late, it's just been kind of been kind of concerning for them as uh, they've let a lot of games late in the late in the fourth quarter within two minutes just slip away from them, and they have not come up. With big shots, especially Marcus Howard, is he's been he's been off, and they need him
0: now. Yep, for sure. L- definitely agree that you know even though um, you know there's 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 a lot of room for um, some crazy things to happen. Out the look the out East, for, for sure. Seton Hall as well. Them too. They had a yeah, big for sure.
2: Powell's just been taking that team into his own hands. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's a player. good
1: that's a good three six matchup. Seton Hall versus Georgetown, especially Georgetown after that big yeah. win. So a yeah. lot a lot of talent there. That team that team always seems play. to
0: shape up by March too. Just Seton Hall in general for sure. Um yeah, so that's yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, moving into the ACC uh conference tournament here. Um and This is another good one too. This yeah. this is Man. another good All one. All of them are good. <laughs> there there's a lot of I don't know. I th- this is I feel like I've been saying this almost every year recently, but this year especially there's just been a lot of just good teams across college basketball, but not a lot of yeah. just crazy dominant teams. Mm -hmm. So it leads to some good conference tournaments this week. So, yeah, the ACC definitely is no exception to that.
2: Yeah, the ACC is just year in and year out. It is, in my opinion, the best basketball conference in the country. Uh, Obviously, this year you have Duke. um, Zion's still down. But you got uh, Virginia. You got uh, North Carolina, who's been playing great as of late. You got Florida State. They're a team that can uh, be on the rides whenever they want to. So, you got a lot of good teams in this bracket. Uh, and it's a 15 team tournament. So, this is a huge tournament. So, there's going to be upsets. You know that for sure. Because you have Notre Dame. Like, even though they're in last, they've had a tough year. They could pull off some upsets. Um, but, considering how big this tournament is, there's definitely going to be a couple of them in there. Uh, with saying that, I'm going to go the opposite direction. Well, th- you could view this as an upset, maybe. But, I'm going to pick uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, I think when they shoot the three ball as well as they did, especially against Syracuse uh, the other week, they are one of the best teams in the country, and their defense is just almost nearly impossible to get around. So uh, I'm going to pick them to win the ACC uh, tournament.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take North Carolina. But also, just to allude to your point, uh, Zion will be back Thursday. They believe so. That'll be interesting.
0: A big storyline. Yeah, Coach K's for been sure. saying for a while. Yeah. Um, um, so th- ACC tournament, ACC tournament, and then we'll so see what happens. It looks, yeah, yeah they're going to definitely going to need him.
1: But I'm picking North Carolina just the way they've been playing as of late. Of course, the big the big win on Saturday night against against Duke, but of course it was a zion team. But still, there's possibly three other first round talent, uh, three other first round players on that roster, and the way Kobe White has been playing. He's making like the strongest case to be like the best freshman like in the country right now, or the best guard in the country, and he's really just been he's took off this last month. And Luke May, of course, has been has been solid, and Cameron Johnson too. So they have they have a a lot of talent like every year, and this is really just a great conference, and it's really up to probably Virginia, North Carolina, or Duke, and it's kind of a toss up. So I'm just gonna pick North
0: Carolina. Yeah, it'll be an interesting storyline to see how Zion gets adjusted to being back in the game. Um, You know, it's it's just a weird time to come back from injury just there's really no good time to bring him back right um which is what's kind of concerning but if there's any i mean i mean if there's any good time at this point i guess it's the first round of the conference tournament for a duke team that's you know they're already looking into this you know tournament um as far as you know later on here but um i i think i definitely agree that Virginia is probably going to end up coming out of this conference tournament, and they're going to have a great draw in in March Madness, and we're going to be sitting here like, should we trust them again this year? And that that conversation will begin, and you know, I don't know, I don't know how things are going to really work out for them, and if it they'll be they'll do that well, um, in in the um, NCAA tournament, um, but I can definitely see them coming out of the ACC as uh, tournament champions again. So um, last but not least here, moving into the Big Ten tournament, the reason why we listed this last was for a couple reasons. Uh, First of all, it is taking place at the United Center in Chicago this year, which is um, a fun place to have it for sure. Um, You know, definitely it it floats around the Midwest most of the time in Indianapolis, but uh, this year it's in Chicago, which is always enjoyable. Um, And, you know, the Big Ten has had a lot of, contenders this year and is going to probably have a very very big presence um especially when purdue this, fans and wisconsin yeah, fans they oh always yeah. show up for big sure. numbers michigan too yeah um and you know when the 68 team uh field is going to be revealed here there's going to be a lot of big 10 presence so um a lot of that will um, be affected by this tournament so connor what are your thoughts on the big Ten?
2: yeah uh j- kind of like the big east one that uh, Despite the Big Ten being a really, really good conference this year, I still think this one is kind of wide open. I mean, you got a bunch of teams in here that could win. You got Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin, Maryland, Iowa, Minnesota, and Ohio State. They could all capture the Big Ten postseason title. Um, I'm going to go with the Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, I had the privilege of seeing them last Saturday play. And when they because they have a great combination of size, defense, and three point shooting. And when they have that defense going and they shoot the three well, I think they can play with anybody in the entire country. I think they're that good. That, in my opinion, may seem outlandish to a lot of people, but I think Purdue's kind of overlooked a little bit. Uh, but I, think I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're an outstanding basketball team, and I think they can win this tournament.
1: Yeah, I I actually agree with you. I think Purdue, def, I think they're, they're overlooked, way overlooked. I think it's probably because they started off the season six and five. And they've lost, and they lost like four starters from last year. And I, th- I believe it was like over like five thousand points in total. So definitely, it's it's kind of a, you, you kind of understand why they were overlooked due to the inexperience, I guess, from the majority of their starters. But yeah, I think they've really like the combination of size, ability to score, and defense. They've been they've really made themselves a complete team, and they and they really have a a great shot. But it's also another one that's really wide open, and it's kind of unlike other years. Like we usually have a. One team in each conference that you think okay they're going to run away, but this year it's been it's just been wide open. Usually, th- in each conference, you been like a one and a four seed, so it definitely will be interesting. And I'll be there
0: either Friday or Saturday, so that'll be fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, I'm hoping to get myself out there too. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll, it, I'll be there for the first Friday, time like in four
1: years. I think it's been at the UC. Yeah, so yeah, it's been a while for sure. So I definitely want
0: to. Get out there. There's going to be a lot of Michigan fans out there, so I might as well join yeah. the party. But <laughs> you know. Um, and then you got my little week <laughs> Northwestern. Hey, ma- <laughs> maybe
1: they can upset – they Hey, put? <laughs> Illinois,
0: right? So today or, or tomorrow, uh, tomorrow Tomorrow yeah. night. This starts tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, it starts tomorrow. Um, nine, yeah. yeah, with Illinois and Northwestern. Okay. And yeah, a fun rivalry game to get it started. <laughs> and then Rutgers, Nebraska, and Rutgers are at this point celebrating the fact that they're not <laughs> last. So that's fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know um, – Michigan's in it to potentially win their third Big Ten tournament in a row. It's been a weird year for them because B-line teams aren't typically so good at the beginning of the year. And, you know, that's not the kind of season storyline that they follow. And here, so, you know, now they're kind of going into the end of the season and they had a shooting slump, which, you know, even though their defense is pretty solid, that's not that, you know, helpful for them. So going in, it'll be interesting. I think Purdue... Um, is definitely a sleeper team and will, and, and will do considerably well. But I do think that the factor that is Mackie Arena should be considered, that's a great place for them yes. to play. It's really, really tough for a team that's not Purdue to play there. So I think that that's why they come out on top so often in the regular season Big Ten. I don't know if that translates so often into the tournament. So I, I don't know if I'd pick Purdue to come out on top here. Um, but it'll be there'll be some unexpected things going on in the first couple days but by the time we get to the weekend I think I think Michigan State painfully will end up uh, being the Big Ten tournament champions and really kind of amp up the um, the March Izzo hype for for um, the NCAA tournament Um, but you know I hope I hope I head out there and I'm wrong this weekend so we'll see what happens
2: I mean to your point West Lafayette's not that far of a drive
0: that is true. <laughs> there will be there will be a Purdue fan presence for yeah. sure. I mean, I think you know they show up anywhere. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. They do. They um, do. You be know, in c- Maryland too. They probably you probably see yeah, still still, still I mean, see some it's Purdue ridiculous. fans. I mean, it's you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams here that have good Chicago yeah. fan bases. All the yeah. alumni. Yeah, you know, Michigan's pretty large. Purdue will will show up. Wisconsin will definitely show up. Oh yeah. Um, Michigan State will probably show up, especially Nebraska will show Considering up too. the power of their team, Nebraska. Maryland. I mean, yeah, there's, this whole there's team, they're really support. Their fans so are very teams. supportive of their, of I mean, their alumni. So that's, that's so many teams down the list and we didn't even get to Northwestern. And obviously there'll be Northwestern. Yeah. Fans right. There.
1: I mean,
2: maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe
0: one. We know at least one. We have, one I'll,
2: right yeah, here. I'll, I'll be here. <laughs> I, I, I won't be going out to MSG to support the, the other team. To DePaul. DePaul. I Who mean, they I, I oh. Saint they're playing. John's they're coming. playing St. John's <laughs> in the first round too, but I picked St. John's. I'm. That is really a It's a wide upset. open field, so hey. Uh, yeah. You never yeah. know.
1: Strews, <laughs> it's gonna be It could be his last game on. I know.
2: <laughs> on <laughs> I, know. I'd, I. I don't want to think about Tomorrow that at night, this point. Yeah.
1: That could be. I know. He he's had a great career though at at DePaul since he's been there. But yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they can keep. I mean, maybe. Hope you would be you'd be happy if they would upset. You're oh, uh, yeah. you're the the championship. I'd picked might, I'd shot. much
2: rather take, rather a, take a DePaul put win
0: put over put my prediction being right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's our week of conference tournaments here. Um it's gonna be an exciting um week and you know, a lot of wide open tournaments as we said, going into uh selection Sunday. Um and then next week, uh we're really, really excited, especially just all across the Four Scout. We're doing a lot of things for March Madness and um, you know, on here we're gonna have a bunch of um, extra mini episodes filling out brackets with a bunch of people. So we look forward to that. Um, as we've been saying in the past, um, email us at sports scouts, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Um, f- uh, if you, if you want to make an appearance on the show, um, to talk brackets. I mean, that goes from anybody who, you know, goes down in the analytics or people who go with their teams, with their favorite colors. As I've always said, we're here for everybody. Um, who loves filling out brackets and uh, we want to make those fun shows. So we look forward to the results this week and can't wait for next week. So Connor, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, and so um, we'll see um, We'll see you guys next week. All right, uh, welcome back. It's time for They Don't Scout Like This. And our They Don't Scout Like This topic is... Basically, some a trend that at least I've noticed uh, recently, where um, basically across sports, there's been a larger kind of player autonomy as far as just their independence and ability to make their own decisions. Um, and really, kind of is, is it is is it good in some aspects, or is it um, too much in others? Because we have these situations like Antonio Brown, um, obviously being shopped in his trade and him having. Very, very explicit preferences over which team he goes to. We have Bryce Harper recruiting Mike Trout. We have the, tre- the trend of NBA super teams. So there's there's kind of this de- general sports development here where lots of players are really kind of being able to make their own decisions, and it's creating, it's creating a really, really different league dynamic. So, Michael, what are your thoughts on this kind of trend?
1: I mean, I think there's pros and cons towards this, that the fan base of where they are um, wanting to go can be really – um, and generated, I guess, um, very energized, I guess, and I think it's it, it's good for them, I guess, that they can get kind of these um, top tier players, and they can really be they can really rally around this that hey, look, we can get one of these bet, uh, better players in in any league, and you should you should come here, and they can reach out to them, and they they can really feel good about where they are as a as an organization. But at the same time, I think having giving players um, too much of a say can be toxic, like like we saw with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell that where they just couldn't keep their mouths shut um throughout the season like Antonio Brown he didn't even play in the last game of the year cuz he was so cuz that sense, he just couldn't um be quiet about where about um the possible free agent destinations and where he wanted to go outside of Pittsburgh so this can be um this this can like uh disrupt um a locker room definitely and they can these players can lose um, these locker rooms can lose trust in the player that wants to leave, and if you have a player like Antonio Brown or a Bryce Harper in baseball, they they that they, they can being at the top of the game, being at the top of their game, they can have a say in this. And not all players can do this, but being where they are, they can. And this can put a bad light, I think, on the rest of the locker room, and they can kind of cause a lot of turmoil in the, within the locker room. So I don't think it's really the best the best light to put their team in and their and their ownership.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, the increase in player independence as far as, like, financially and contractually, as we talked about, like, earlier on the show, for example, I think that that increase is positive, and I think that players should be able to have more say. They should not be, you know, kind of restricted by their owners. I think that when it comes to a need to be more restrictive toward players, it's a lot about, you know, player preferences as far as what team they're going to, that type of thing creating that kind of recruiting and imbalance that, you know, the NBA that has absolutely plagued the NBA right. and that, you know, results in, you know, an absolutely completely boring, like regular season and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, I think hopefully it'll develop in a positive way, you know, and I think it's, if people are thinking that, that, that can't have success if you're not building super teams like that, I mean, I would just look at the NHL right now, the Tampa Bay lightning are you know, Currently, like, as we said, there's the lightning, there's everybody else in the NHL right now, but they're currently, you know, heading toward lots of season records. Yeah. And they have a couple stars on their team, like, you know, Steven Stamkos, Tyler Johnson, that type of thing. Um, But, like, they don't have an extreme amount of star power, but they're putting up Golden State Warriors-like numbers, even though they're not... You know, star-wise, the, the Golden State yeah. Warriors. Look at the Patriots too; they're very, very cold about their about the way that they treat players. But it's for the greater good because they end up winning. Yeah. So
1: I'm all about players.
0: I, I think yeah. I'm all about balance as far as teams go, and yeah. I'm all about players in terms of money. So yeah. I think yeah. that's where it, it, yeah. there's kind of the pros and cons. I was
1: gonna say that too. Yeah, I'm all about players getting getting their contract, uh, providing for their family, and setting them up with success, um, with within their family. And but I just think that the right time to do this is, is once you become a free agent and it's not to start talking about this once once you're still under contract with a team just out of respect for your for your um the the rest of your teammates and the and the organization as a whole. So I think yeah, if, if if players like we saw with Antonio and 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 others, um, this definitely I think they just need to agency need to tell them like it's not the best it's not the best look for your I guess for the for the whole for the whole person, I guess, and and the owner and the whole brand of the player, um, to do something like this, and yeah, so this is definitely a big. We saw like how it plagued the NBA, like you said, but this is definitely a new yeah. trend in professional sports, and it's gonna be interesting to see if this continues.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it'll it'll be it'll be very very interesting. So we'll have to see how it changes. Um, so we are going to move on to your scouting. <laughs> Make sure to, um, in the future, as always, we're trying to grow this segment of the show, so make sure to send in your questions, as always, for next week at 224-544-9330, 224-544-9330. Make sure you send in your um, questions to us. Um, it's been a great segment. There's been lots of awesome, hilarious questions, too, um, and we got plenty more um, on the show to get today. We have um, three questions, so uh, we'll get into them right now.
2: I was a big fan. Um, I just like to see I just like to know your guys' opinions on the upcoming Chicago Dogs season and their huge rivalry with the Sioux, the Sioux City Explorers or
0: Sioux Falls Explorers and know uh, how you think the Dogs will do this year and how their starting rotation will look. Thanks guys. So this has been an urgent question. Um, we've had this one for a while and I've been waiting to get to it. But yeah um, we got some Chicago Dogs fans listening to this show <laughs> and um, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, you know, relatively new team, um, minor league baseball team out in right here in Rosemont. Um, you know, super excited to see um, this team build a history here and have you know some exciting sister, exciting seasons going forward. So yeah, it, it'll be it'll be fun once the season gets rolling here.
1: Yeah, I mean, just baseball in general. I mean, it's fun. I mean, once they start, I believe they start in uh, mid mid May. I believe it is. Yeah, it's that's what I was just looking at. That yeah, it's yeah. mid May. So yeah, definitely. I mean, baseball around Chicago area is always fun around around the summertime. So whether it's the Cubs, White Sox, or even the Dogs, I mean, it's fun to watch any, any baseball. And yeah, as Peters is, has, has an obsession for <laughs> for the Chicago yeah, he Dogs. Does. That's and why I wanted to get it on. And but it's but pretty yeah. hilarious. But yeah, I mean, Butch Hobson um, too is one of one of the uh, manager is the manager of the Dogs, and he definitely is is a pro Butch Hobson um, kind of person. So it's in, yeah, it's very it's very funny to see.
0: All right, we're going to move into our next question. Hey, Joey, this is uh, A.J. Shaw from the Bear Down Weekly
2: Podcast. Uh, my question for you today is, what are your thoughts on the Bears' safety situation in free agency Do you think they should go after Eric Berry or Ha-Ha Glenn
0: Diggs? Hopefully this helps out your show. Uh, have a great day, and uh, bear down. So I just want to mention real quick before we get into this question, and I believe Michael will probably have an answer. Um, but uh, yeah, Michael was a guest on this week's Bear Down Weekly podcast. The Bear Down Weekly podcast is coming back, so um, super exciting about that. They're kind of covering all the NFL trade stuff. So if you want to hear more about this topic, make sure to check that out. And Michael's on the show, so that's exciting. Um, and you know, of course, they always do a great job, and um, we've had AJ on the show. So yeah, um, as far as bear safeties, Michael, what are you thinking here?
1: Yeah, so of course we've seen that Adrian Amos uh, did not re-sign with the team, and he's, and now he's signed a four-year deal, $37 million, I believe, with the Green Bay Packers, our biggest rival, which which was kind of disappointing to see him out of all teams go there, but respect his decision, and, and uh, best of luck for him in Green Bay. But also now the Bears have to move on from this, and we've also seen that um, Bre- Bryce Callahan, who play- is a nickel corner for, for the Chicago Bears this last season, um, probably will not be back with the team. It's not official yet. He has not signed with anyone else, but it moved, the Bears are moving in a direction that they won't resign him. But as of right now, the Bears are are looking t- very strongly at safety. Uh, ha Ha Clinton-Dix, who was on the Packers starting last season and got traded to Washington midseason before the trade deadline. And he's he met with the Bears last night, I believe, and he's meeting with them again today. And he's only 26. He's the same age as Amos, and he's probably – he kind of plays differently. Amos is more of a hard-hitting safety and – HaHa uh, is more of a an Eddie Jackson kind of player, more of yeah a for sure. That's a
0: great comparison actually and, that I was thinking about.
1: And they actually played together too at at Bama. Um, I believe one year they were together, or one one or two years they were together. I think yeah, one year. I think one yeah. year. That makes sense. If he was drafted in twenty fourteen, but yeah, so definitely he is a really talented player. And if you can replace Amos with with uh, haha, I think you even get even better at that at, at that position. And he really is. A really talented player, and if the Bears can grab him and, and take him away from the Redskins are looking at him too still to re-sign him, but if the Bears can take take him away from Washington and bring him to their own team, that'll be really that'll look really good for the Chicago Bears, and it'll be interesting to see if they fill that slot corner role with, with Bryce Callahan. That might be something they have to look at in the draft again, but they, of course they signed Buster Scrine from the New York Jets, but they could possibly, for more depth, they could possibly go a nickel corner in the draft. Or someone on the outside, possibly in the third round.
0: Yeah. I mean I gotta tell you, I don't think it's likely, but it would be very, very interesting. I mean, I guess it'll be kind of the inverse experience for Packers fans, but it'll be interesting <laughs> if haha Clinton Dix was playing for the Bears. That would be very, very be. I because I feel like he's been a I feel like he's been a safety for a long time. Um yeah, he's been a leak for feels like a in, while now. At Green Bay, he's been a reliable player. So to see him um, you know, flip sides on the rivalry, that would be kind of interesting, even though I think it's um, probably less likely that that's who the Bears pick up, but yeah, um, that was your scouting. Um, as we said, make sure to keep sending in your questions two two four five four four nine three three zero. So we're gonna move on to just wait till next week where we preview next week. And the thing that I'm excited about for next week is um, really the thing that everybody should be excited about next week, which is March Madness. Um, we're going to have a bunch of exciting uh, mini episodes with guests where we're just going to go over brackets. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, easy, short episodes to listen to where you're going to get all your basketball analysis from all perspectives. So we're excited for that. We've been, pre- we've been um, asking you guys to email us for a while. Um, make sure you are doing that. Get get some guests and If you're interested in coming on the show, let us know next week because between Selection Sunday and that first round, we're going to try to get in a bunch of shows pretty much daily here um, to do that. So, yeah, Selection Sunday is Sunday. Um, as we said, conference tournaments are this week. I'm hopefully going to get out to the Big Ten tournament at the UC. I'm hoping for that. But I'm excited for the Selection show too because they're reversing back to the better format oh, this yeah. year. I like that one which a is, lot better. Which is so much better because last year was just – so annoying to watch, but yeah. I'm excited that they're moving back to the better format. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to for next week.
1: Yeah, I'm going to the UC tomorrow night, so that'll be really fun to watch. I believe it's Purdue's plan and then Michigan. Michigan so. has the late game. Yeah, yeah. the late game. So I plan really on really probably
0: probably ending up out there tomorrow. Yeah, too. so if,
1: if you guys can definitely... Head on down to UC. I really recommend it. It's just great basketball for the the price of one. Honestly, you get to see two great games for the price of one. You don't have to go. You don't have to move out of your seat. So
0: yeah, and tickets are going really really cheap right now. So yeah. it's it's pretty good. Friday Friday's a great day. So yeah,
1: and also yeah, next week I'll be talking more about the NFL free agency. A lot of the the players, the best players that are left, like a Justin Houston, Eric Berry, haha, uh, they'll probably all be signed by this next episode next week when we record. So. I'll dive into that. I'll probably have an article out on the, on the forest scout um, in the coming days about the recap. And yeah, there's a lot of great things to talk. We're going to have a lot of inf- info next week, especially with March Madness, like Joey said. So it's going to be fun next week to, to dive into all of that and be ready for that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's going to be exciting once we have all that in perspective so looking forward to that that's all we got today so congratulations for sticking through and listening to this whole thing uh, we appreciate it as always uh, make sure to subscribe to listen to us on apple podcast spotify google Podcasts, breaker pocket cast Ra- radio public and overcast that's a new one this week and there'll be even more in the future we're we're trying to get as far of a spread as we can get um and um, make sure to give us a positive review there and subscribe to Watch on YouTube. We'll have this episode out this week, even though it's not available to watch, but you'll be able to listen on YouTube. Um, We're currently eighty nine million three hundred thirty six ish subscribers behind T-Series right now, so we're trying to keep independent (laughs) creators alive, um, like us and like so many others that we love on YouTube. So, um, yeah, so (laughs) get subscribing once we get our videos out there more consistently. Um, And, of course, read the four Scout. There are a lot of good articles on there. Um, I... Uh, other than the um articles that we mentioned uh connor clark um as I, as we said during the interview segment he has a awesome conference tournament preview he's probably gonna have more coverage out there um so yeah looking forward to that and uh get ready for a legendary week of sports scouts next because it's going to be good um and in the meantime we'll keep on scouting i'm joey good sir and we will see you guys next week